Thank you for being here with me and welcome back. My name is Katherine Daniels. I love to empower people with spiritual healing and wellness. The best thing about Retreat to Peace is the gift of inner peace, greater love, and joy. During these times of changes and uncertainty in our world, nothing is permanent except our souls. That's why we need to come together as we travel through one another's countries, creating a bridge, removing all the labels as we come together as one people, finding our home in one world. And as we do this, this is why our signature talk today is so important. Today, I am pleased to welcome my guest speaker, John Sansoni. Hi, John. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for being with me and my audience today. I know we have an incredible conversation to be had here, so I am so grateful that you're here and honored that you could be part of this. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah, glad to be here. So tell my audience a little bit about yourself and how you got here. Yeah, you know, sure. So uh, I, uh, I like everybody, started in life with, uh, you know, next to nothing in terms of like money, what have you. And, and really, like you'd mentioned this as well, but I, I looked for my uh, path in life. It started with a spiritual path in life where I spent a lot of time uh, just really reading the Bible I took some Bible classes. Um, I was just really on a path of discovery of, you know, what's my life going to look like? What am I going to do for a living? You know, why am I going to do that for a living? Who am I going to, you know, work for or build a business with? You know, all those things. Am I going to be single? Am I going to be married? Where am I going to live? I literally put a list of goals together, very detailed goals. And at the time, the Bible that I had, had like a whole bunch of like study notes. I don't think it was designed to, uh, to, to write in, like, I think it was designed to put your favorite scriptures, but what I've used it for was in both the inside cover and the middle cover, I put both my favorite scriptures. And I also put like exactly what I wanted out of life. Like what was my spouse going to be like? Uh, what kind of work was I going to do? What kind of company did I want to work for? What was my house going to be like? So, so like in the Bible, they always talk about like, you can't have it until you can envision it. Like man, a man without a vision will perish. I'm such a believer in that. Like I hear about people in business all the time and they say uh, a lot of things. Most of them will say, I want to be rich. I want to be this. I want to be that. But truly like, what are you doing? What is your vision? And, and why is your vision important? I'm a big believer that you, you have to have a vision, not only for your work life, but you have to have a vision for your family life. You have to have a vision of how do you relate with people in your, uh, in your family, in your community, friends that you have, how, what kind of friend are you? Like, what is your vision for the type of friend that you are? Like, I'm very hard on myself in terms of like, I have a specific uh, list of things that I'm there for my friends. And even if it's difficult and I don't want to do it, I've made a commitment that I'm that kind of friend. I'm the friend that will come and pick them up at the hospital. I'm the guy that will take them to the doctor's appointment, even when I have work. You know, I had a friend um, 
two weeks ago, his dad died. And, uh, and it was a three and a half hour car ride to the funeral and back. And, uh, and I couldn't, and I sat on the phone, the funeral was on Thursday. I sat on the phone from like Monday on trying to get all of our friends to go to his funeral. And I was only able to get three of us to go, me included. And I drove and we literally, we drove to the funeral. We went to the funeral. We went to little receptionary after the funeral. We met with, uh, my buddy's, uh, mom, who's the widow and, uh, and then we got in the car and we went home and, uh, and we ate lunch there. So we didn't, didn't really stop except for gas on the way back. So literally I got up at 6am. I was back home by 4:30. but you know what? Being tired and doing a, something for somebody else made me feel so good. And I could so relate, like he didn't want me to do it. Like my friend was like, oh no, this is too far. You don't need to drive. Don't worry about it. It's just going to be a small country thing. And it was, and he's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, because I remember when my dad died and I remember, you know, when uh, another close family member of mine died, my brother died when he was in his early thirties. I remember how important it was to me that like I was in shock. And by the time I got to the reception after the funerals, seeing my friends there, at least I had a little normality. You know, two of the main people in my life were gone, but at least I knew that these people were around. And, uh, and you might know this, but when you, when you lose a major family member, like your father or your brother, I was already thinking of like, how can I replace them? Like from, from that standpoint, like this is a big piece out of my life. How can I replace them? I'm like, you know, my uncle at the time was living in Florida. Is he going to be my surrogate father? Uh, I'm in business with this guy that's older than me. Is he going to be my surrogate father? Um, you know, who of my best friends or my cousins are going to be the surrogate for my older brother who passed away? Somebody needed to fill that void. Um, you know, that's the way we are conditioned when something is taken away from us. Um, we're then on a hunt to what's going to replace that, which is yeah. both good. Yeah. It's, I, I love the idea of putting everything in your Bible the way that you said you did. Yeah, I, yeah. I've not heard that before, but I think that is truly incredible. Um, I have heard of people writing their goals down, you know, listing them out in a journal or something like that. And I've heard of people putting like a, um, a chart together of, you know, the pros and cons of their future spouse or what that would look like. Right, right. But then, <laughs> but then I always ask them, so did you leave it? Did you leave it that way? Or did you just, you know, what did you do with it? And they'll say, well, I just left it that way. I just left it as a chart with the pros and cons. And I said, well, if you're putting it out to the universe like that, you're likely to get what you don't want because you left it like that. So you probably want to rip up that other part that's not working for you and get rid of it because you really don't want that in your life. <laughs> so it's just food for thought. But um, but I think that's amazing that you did that and you know, to have it in such a sacred space. And I mean, the Bible is such an incredible read as far as you know a tool to live by and you know operate from so I think that's so amazing that you did that and how much of that came to fruition 
as far gonna, as what you I'm put in I'm going to say that. like 95%. It, it like started to blow my mind. And, uh, and then, so then I would like put it to a test. Like I would sit there and go, okay, I'm going to make like five little short goals and I'm going to write them down and I'm just going to put them in a drawer and I'm not going to look at them for three months and see if I accomplish them. And, uh, you know, not major goals, but what I was trying to figure out, because what they teach you, and I learned this in Zig Ziglar's book, see at the top, what they teach you is when you write a goal down, um, it hits your subconscious mind. So you go about solving and, 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 and moving towards and accomplishing that goal uh, um, on a subconscious level. And, uh, and what I found, those five things that I wrote down, those came to fruition. Like, I mean, I just constantly put it to a test. I mean, uh, now they call it like the, uh, what is it? The law of, um, law of think, attraction, of attraction. Yeah. Things gravitate towards you. I'm a big believer in that as well. It wasn't like, I wasn't familiar with that back when I did it, but, but I realized like the power of the writing it down, um, it makes it believable to you. Because well, I I have an interesting, mm -hmm. yeah, I have an interesting um, piece about this because I okay. just did a show around creating vision boards and starting 2023 off on, you know, the right foot as far as envisioning what it is that you want and creating those goals. And one of the things that I have shared is I've always created a vision board at the beginning of the year. And when you put it in a place that you're looking at it every day, so you're putting it, you know, somewhere where you're looking at it in the morning and looking at it at night, whether you realize it or not, you're programming your subconscious to look for opportunity. And literally, those opportunities will start to expose themselves and open up themselves to you because you have created, you have rewired your nervous system to look for that opportunity. And like yourself, it's amazing how much of what I've created on my vision board has come to fruition simply because I've put it out there and said, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want to manifest. This is how I want to manifest it. And just getting it out there. I think that's half of it because if we keep it inside, it doesn't, you know, we're not asking. Like we need to ask to receive. So we have to put it out there. That's right. And then go about, you know, physically finding a way to get from point A to point B. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a believer in you got to be part of that whole process. So I believe in vision boards. I believe in the, you know, writing down your goals. Like if people get anything else out of like listening to us, so important to write down your goals. So, so important. Like, you know, this is kind of a small little thing. But, uh, you know, maybe six, seven years ago, I was sitting with my wife and, uh, and I had a napkin and, uh, we were at the, uh, we were at the dinner table and, uh, and I'm like, you know what we should do? And she's like, no, what? I'm like, we should put a really cool, like, uh, outdoor, uh, patio and porch right next to our house. Cause I was sitting there thinking logically. And I'm like, you know what, with my work that I do, it's, uh, it's very time consuming. And, uh, and at best, I can take a little bit of time off in the summer, a little bit of time off for the holidays. And for the most part, I'm hitting it. 
it's it's gotten a little you know a little better but 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 i'm thinking to myself why should i not make my house you know a place of holiday right now why do i have to go to a hotel to have a hotel uh you know experience i can turn my house into a hotel experience and so i've literally like my back porch is nicer than some bars back porches <laughs> i mean it's it's like it's stoned it's stoned in it, it has like a really nice grill an industrial refrigerator one of those uh, really nice uh, you know patio uh, uh fire pits or whatever and uh, two ceiling fans to move the air since we're in Texas. And I actually even have a small AC unit that I bring out during the, during the, uh, during the uh, summers. But, but the important thing isn't like what it is. It's the fact that it all started with like a napkin. Like I drew out the whole thing and we, and we made it, you know, we made it happen. And, uh, and that's kind of like how my international comedy podcast was. I was walking my dog and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be interviewed on a lot of podcasts, but I want to give something to the world that I think the world is lacking. And that's comedy. Cause I think so many people are so, uh, serious. And, uh, and I believe like we're talking about the modalities of healing. I think laughter is one of the best modalities of healing you can possibly have. You know, I, I don't know the exact specifics, but I know there's a gentleman that, that had a uh, really bad illness. And uh, so while he was in the hospital, he had him play mo- uh, comedy after comedy after comedy. And uh, so he wasn't focused on his cancer or, you know, what was going on. He was focused on his healing and staying upbeat and uh, working on his state management. So I'm a big believer in humor and comedy. I think business doesn't have enough humor and comedy in it. Totally agree. <laughs> The, um, it, Nobody you know, ever talks about it, but it's so important. It's so good for your health too. It's so true. And, you know, there's that, there's that adage of laughter is the best medicine, right? It is so true. I mean, yeah. I'm no molecular scientist, but, but I got to believe that like, if you're, uh, if you're feeling healthy and you're acting healthy, that's got to be better than you know, going around saying, oh, I'm tired, I'm sick, I'm this, this imaginary illness has got me, or worse yet, a doctor has told you you have something and, and you've just owned it and accepted it. And, uh, and I think there's so much that uh, can be conquered in this world on a spiritual level in order to help us on the physical level. Um, I agree. I yeah, I agree. And I have interviewed so many people on the show that have cured themselves of cancers. Oh, and wow. They have cured themselves of some major, you know, illnesses and autoimmune diseases and things like that. And so many times I talk about this, like we're, you know, we're these humans that are traveling in these bodies. But the reality is, is these bodies are our, you know, our vessel that's, that's holding our soul, right? And in the soul self, that piece of it is energy, the energy piece of it, it responds to vibration. So if you think about it, we're primarily water, right? 
Oh, and yeah. If you, if you ever put a glass of water on a table and you have a full glass of water and if you stomp on the floor, what happens to the water? It vibrates. Well, our body responds to those vibrations. And that's why when we're in a low state and if we turn on our favorite happy music, I used to drive my kids crazy because they'd play this music and I would say, that's not happy music. Like, let's put happy music on because the vibrational energy of that music is going to vibrate our bodies and lift us into a higher state basically that and that is the fastest way to elevate us so the gift of laughter is doing a similar thing to our bodies it's elevating our bodies to a higher energy state so so you're on point you know yes this is definitely needed now, in the business world, I think that's kind of hard because there's you know, so yes many no. parameters on things. You know? <laughs> right. Well, and, and I mean, I joke with customers all the time because uh, you can you can have fun and be funny with, you know, without uh, you don't have to be crude. You don't have to curse. Uh, the best comedy is uh, is relatable situations that people will find funny. I mean, the best comedians are the ones that sit around their house and they think of something that everybody else can relate to that is funny, but other people just haven't thought of it. I mean, Chris Rock's a great example. Granted, he uses a lot of profanity, but he's also a very, very, very good comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he really doesn't need to use uh, profanity to be funny. It's almost like that's a crutch. Um, but he's funny, you know, without it. Robin Williams was hilarious and he didn't need to curse. Um, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I am a huge music fan and that's one thing I teach in my motivational work is how important music is because like you're saying, it raises the vibration and in, and in business, the higher your state is, the better you will be in business. If you're a manager, if you're in a low state, your people are going to pick up on it. If you're in sales, your prospects are going to pick up on it. Um, you just can't be successful in business in a low state. You won't be able to handle the problems, and, and problems are going to happen in business. You can't be in business without having problems. Yeah, and speaking of you know situations, I mean, we're currently in this environment where everything is just changing so quickly, and I know that you are a motivational speaker and you help people. I mean, for the audience listening right now, like what are some ideas or tidbits that you can offer up that would help them get through these difficult times? Well, there are some wonderful things on YouTube. I can't say enough good things about YouTube. I'm sure there are some bad things on YouTube as well. But, uh, but, you know, one thing when we're going through the winter, like we are right now, um, we're being deprived of sunlight. And, uh, and one of the things that I found when we were sheltering in place is I'd go out to YouTube and just watch beach videos, beach videos of the ocean coming in and crashing in. Something else I like doing early in the morning when I first wake up is I love putting my headphones on or, or my uh, Bluetooth in. And I love listening to a thunderstorm. There's something about a thunderstorm that I just absolutely love the, you know, it's just 
it's connection with nature. And, uh, and then two, when we do things in our life, and it's really important because it's going to be different for everybody, Catherine, but when we do things in life that connects us uh, to a happy thing that happened in our childhood, you'll immediately raise your vibrations. I mean, retailers know that. What do they do as soon as November rolls around? They start playing Christmas music. Why is it important to play Christmas music? Because if they can get you thinking about your childhood, you're going to buy more stuff because we're no longer children. And so it's not like we're going to go out, you know, get our favorite toy for Christmas, but they want you to buy everybody else's favorite toy for Christmas. And so they want to raise your vibration. And, uh, and what better way than playing Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, the Rockettes, you name it. I love it. I, I absolutely love Christmas time and the music and hearing Elvis do the music. Uh, oh my God. It's, it's my favorite, favorite time. And I don't need any presents. I just love the Christmas music. <laughs> and, uh, and, but, but that's what it's all about. Like people that are struggling state management, those are the things you can do when you're alone. One of the best things you can do though, particularly if you're a reader and I suggest everybody become a reader you can gain so much insight to the world if you start reading biographies. Biographies of famous people that have had a struggle. And the reason that's so important is it'll give you insight into many of the problems that these people had, you might have. And, uh, and then you have an example of somebody else that had to work through the same exact problem and got out of it on the positive on the other side. And the more you spend time being... Uh, you know, not so inward, but more outward, like more learning about your world around you than just about you. Uh, it'll make the world a nicer place. You won't be so focused on, you know, your health and what's going on with you and what you're thinking. And were my dreams good last night or my dreams bad last night? Well, <clears throat> that that's fine to do. However, when you really start hearing about some of the true struggles that people have around the world, whether you had a good dream or not is, uh, is certainly not as important as the fact that you had a roof over your head, you had a hot meal in your stomach and you had heat or cooling depending upon the time of the year it was. And you didn't have to worry about somebody, you know, shooting a bomb down your, uh, you know, down your fireplace, not that other people listening might have that going on. I don't want to make light of that. But what I'm saying is many people worry about things that are truly insignificant as you look at the big picture. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, often people don't recognize that the circumstances that they're in, there's always somebody out there who has circumstances that are far dire to than what you're experiencing. So I think it's, you know, important just to recognize where you are, the state that you're in and often recognizing the state that you're in, you do have the power to control it and change it. And that could manifest itself in different ways. Um, some of the people that I have talked to more recently, you know, as we have evolved the last couple of years through yeah. this situation with COVID and lockdowns and the pandemic and all of these things. I mean, there's been so many 
changes that are happening at lightning speed around the world that people don't have the control over. Right. I feel I feel like it's more important than ever that we do have a sense of control over what we're able to control. And one of those things would be, you know, being in a higher vibrational state. How do we do that? We do that through changing our, our state with music, you know, um, our energy, getting up, moving, exercise. Oh, being, God, yes. Being present in where we are and having gratitude the connectivity with people around us, you know, these various aspects. Um, but I also think too, that it's more important than ever that to your point, the reading aspect, that is something that we have control over. So what are we putting in our bodies? What are we feeding our brain and our thoughts? And, you know, what are we feeding our vessel? Is it good? Or is it that, like being in that discernment of knowing, is this a good thing for me or is this a bad thing for me? But I love autobiographies because I I definitely feel like you do. The lessons that we learn from them are so powerful and influential because they put us in a place that we can relate. But as we're reading it, we're also chemistry-wise, we're also immersing ourselves in that and experiencing it with them. So it's like we we have this connectedness with our, you know, our author. And, yes. a, and a lot of times we actually can author our own story, right? We can author our own story by making decisions to do something that maybe we model from their experience and what their experience was for success you know, or maybe, we, or we go the opposite direction. Maybe they did something that we didn't like, and now we're going to author our story and take it in a direction where, you know what, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it this way because I think this is going to be better for my life and my family and so forth. But I think, um, I think people underestimate the power that they have for their purpose and for what they can actually achieve. And I know you have an mm -hmm. incredible story about perseverance and achieving things. And maybe you want to share that. Well, yeah. So, um, so I've been in sales for 32 years. So it's, it's always about what have you done for me lately? It doesn't matter what you, you know, did for me last month, last year, last 10 years. All they really want to know is what have, you know, what are you getting ready to sell? And, uh, in, and the important thing is, is that you you have to have again a written goal that's achievable and and you also you have to have like a series of steps that you're taking in order to achieve that goal and um, and you know it's not just selling like when I went back to get MBA courses I had to like you know little or no sleep I was taking coursework and I had tests that I had to take and I had to find ways to motivate myself to study and, and two, to keep the right state in order to, you know, to be able to pass the test. And in some instances, like I hadn't been in school for 20 some odd years. So how to manage the test was also, so it's not just sales. It's everything we do in life. We need to uh, get a process that's manageable and executable and, uh, and all along the way, 
if you can in, learn to enjoy the process. And, and two, learn how to use empowering language. Most people don't use empowering language. Most people were never taught how to use empowering language. Like I'll give some great examples. So a lot of times people say, oh, uh, you know, this happened to me, that happened to me. I have all these problems. I'm just overwhelmed on and on and on and on. They just pile it up, 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 up until like you're just about as sick of it as they are where you can be more empowered and say, I have these challenges. And then, and then with these challenges, you know what? It's a challenge, but it's also a, a problem is connected with that challenge. And I am a problem solver. Like I've gotten myself to the point where I'm in my uh, mid fifties now. And, uh, and I've convinced myself I am a great problem solver. And when I have a problem, I write down what the problem is. And then I think of like three creative ways, like what are the best creative ways that, that I could solve this problem? Because a lot of times people would get down and depressed when they're in the process of having something bad happen to them. They get focused on that instead of the answer. Like what can I do in order, one, to be more knowledgeable about the challenge? Like I'll just be honest, I've had horrible, horrible uh, digestive problems. And, and I had no idea where like all these digestive problems were coming from, but, but it's almost a gift that I had such horrible digestive problems. And the reason I say that is because it has taught me so much about health that I didn't know. It has taught me about all these healing modalities that I had no idea about and had, and had things cooked along like it did when I was in my twenties, thirties and forties. Then, uh, then I would, not know any of these things, but, but I'm so knowledgeable now on all these things. And, and primarily I'm knowledgeable on these things because I have found ways in order to, uh, to manage through a challenge. And, uh, and that's empowered me, uh, you know, and I can teach others now. And um, I think that's important. That, uh, you know, we're going to go through trials and tribulations, but the important thing is, is can we come out like, like uh, David against Goliath? Or do we have to come out against uh, the ant that got stomped on by the giant? You know, it's all, it's all a matter of perspective. Um, can, you, uh, can, you, can you find that slingshot and that little stone and take out the giant and be a good problem solver? Or uh, do you have to let those problems weight you down like a giant until you're, you're squashed? It, it's all a matter of perspective. And I'm not saying people don't have problems, but, but, the, uh, but the bigger we become in terms of our aptitude of being problem solvers, then it's not as big of a deal because, uh, because you have experience. Um, like the thing that always separates somebody who can handle more stress than somebody else truly is the experience and the tool set that they have. Like they know how to get through it. Like being in business for over 30 years, if I have a bad day or a bad thing happen, like I know how to get through it. Like one, I'm not going to focus on it. And if I do, you know, and if I have something really bad happen to me, I'm, I'm like thinking, well, what can I learn from this? Like, you know, this is a learning moment too. Sure, something bad has happened to me, but what can I learn from? Can I come out better and more knowledgeable after it? And, and, and I think the more we have things 
you know, that are challenges in our life, uh, the more we can use it as an opportunity for growth. Absolutely agree. I think that is very well put and probably people don't really think about problems like that, but I think if they can reframe it to your point. I love reframe. Yeah. Instead of saying a problem, you know, it's a opportunity for growth. It's a challenge that I can solution. It just changes the landscape and how you deal with it. And I think that's so important. The, the thing that I think I see a lot of people right now doing is that they're, I, I know a lot of people that are just focused on the negative energy that's coming from the news, the yeah. negative energy that's coming um, from a variety of sources. And I think that's one thing that, you know, I continuously tell people like, just shut it off. Don't even engage in it because if it's bringing you to a state where you're not in abundance or feeling a higher energy level, then don't expose yourself to that. Right. So but I, I also, agree. But, but I think too, that this is a really unique time where people can create opportunity, right? Because the environment is changing. The landscape is changing. So there is opportunity there for people, but what, you know, what it shows up like and how people utilize it and what they do with it remains to be seen. But the primary aspect of how they're navigating these times is to stay in a higher state and not to go into that low vibrational energy of fear. And I think right, right. I, th- I think being out of fear and remaining out of fear is so important. So when you were going through your periods of uncertainty, I'm sure fear crept in. I'm sure oh, absolutely. I'm sure that crept in. So how did you squash the fear factor? Sure. Um, well, so so when I have an extreme amount of fear. This might sound really strange for people when they hear me say this, but I smile. And the reason I smile is because it's exactly the opposite of what people in fear do. And so I pretend like I'm not fearful and I smile and it takes away so much of the stress and the heart beating of the fear. And then I also, I practice like deliberate types of breathing, like box breathing, practice yoga, uh, practice Reiki. I do hypnosis. I mean, there's so many different modalities that I participate in, but, um, but then too, I try to reframe fear towards the goal in Texas. And we have some of the worst traffic and the worst drivers in the world in Texas. And, uh, quite frankly, I am fearful to drive a lot on the highways in Texas, not because of me. I think I'm really good driver. It's because of the people that aren't good drivers. I'm fearful of that, not me. Um, and so there's a fear factor there, but what I concentrate on is where I'm going. And, uh, and, and that's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on when will I arrive from point A to point B and I'm focused on that. And, uh, that gives you a positive mental attitude state. And, uh, 
and it helps you through those types of things because we're going to be fearful. I mean, you can't, we're humans. You know, we're all fearful right now about our taxes. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, we're also fearful about what our auto insurance and homeowners insurance might go up to. Uh, we're fearful about what eggs might cost this year because we have no idea. People are always fearful of the unknown. Like people are fearful of what's going to happen this year. Am I going to lose a family member? Am I going to get sick? Like you don't know. And so you're fearful of the unknown. Um, you can't live like that. So, so, so you almost, you, you got to do like what you can do. And, and I don't know how many people that'll listen to this uh, play golf or watch football, but life is all about managing risk. And uh, when you play football and, uh, and when you play golf, and even when you play baseball, you're constantly managing risk because there are high risk things that happen in these sports and there's low risk things that are, that happen in these sports. And, uh, and you can win by, by, you know, being lower risk, but you won't win as fast. And, uh, but the more you think about life like that, like there's high risk things you can do in life and there's low risk things in life. And, and you should do a little bit of both within reason, but, uh, but you certainly shouldn't just sit at home and, you know, we weren't meant to do that. We were meant to go out and be what God created us to be. And, uh, and God didn't create us to sit on the couch and do nothing. God created us to, you know, be a light to the world in whatever way we can. I personally can't sing, so I'm more of an orator. <laughs> but, but, you know, you, you get the idea. You don't get to decide what gifts you have. You, know, you, you really, truly don't get to decide what God wants you to do. God gets to decide what he wants you to do. Um, but, um, but I think when we get locked into a higher purpose that's meaningful to us, then, then that's truly when we, uh, when we can get away from fear because fear too, a lot of times is, uh, is created because of confidence. And, and like you had mentioned, when your state's low and when your state gets really low, then you get into fear. Maybe you might even get petrified and then it just stacks. Oh, this is going to go wrong. That's going to go wrong. That's going to go wrong. That's going to go wrong. And, and then you just have, uh, all these fears just stack up against each other. And a lot of it is based upon a low level of confidence and, uh, and something your people can do. And I've practiced this for years, particularly when I'm fearful. Like if I have to go into a situation where I have to speak to people or when I have to uh, do something that gets me out of my comfort zone, what I like to do, Catherine, is I have a list of my 10 biggest accomplishments and, uh, and that way, when I go into that fearful situation, I'm not going into that fearful situation, not being cognitive of who I am, because every single one of those accomplishments are part of what makes me. And, uh, and I'm not an empty vessel. I'm not a blank check. I'm not something that just, you know, I wasn't born yesterday, so to speak. So, uh, so I'm not going into these difficult situations, uh, as an unknown commodity, I am a, you know, a special individual. And, uh, and maybe sometimes I might forget what makes me, me, but, but the idea of taking things that you're super proud of, whatever they might be, 
they're going to be different for everybody. Um, but those things that you're super proud of that, you know, that you were at a high state when you did them, we call them accomplishments and maybe the world acknowledged that, it, you know, that you accomplished it. Um, that's, you know, that's what everybody needs to practice. And, uh, and maybe you don't have 10 things. It takes a while. Like we're not taught, we're taught to be humble in the world. We're, we're taught, you know, to be humble. And, uh, but the more you can like build upon who you are, the, the easier it is to deal with fear. It's so true. And I love your 10 accomplishments because when you're in that high vibrational energy, it's hard to knock that down. And when you are accomplishing something, you know the work that it took to get to that place. And how many times have we heard about parenting? Like people that buy their kid a car, for example, that kid does not have the appreciation for that car as someone who had to work for their car, right? So oh, it's a yeah. different it's a different level of energy and appreciation. So I think when you have done the hard things to get to where you need to be and you understand it took all of these steps and this hard work and sometimes it's just going the extra mile that maybe you wouldn't have gone before, right? You, you oh, yeah. Push, you pushed through a ceiling or a boundary or something that you've never experienced before. I remember when my my kids were going into middle school and they had mm-hmm. such fear about all the kids and they were bigger and they you know, were older and, you know, there was like all this energy and power they gave to those kids. And I had to explain to them, like, they're still human. They're still eating with a fork, spoon and knife, and they're still going to the bathroom the same way everybody else does, <laughs> you know? And it's like, when you go through those doors the first day, that fear is only because you don't know what to expect. But when you go through the door day, you know, four, five, 10, 15 days later, it's going to be completely different because now you know what to expect. And now you've got a new space that you're in and now it's familiar and you're more comfortable in that state. And I think that when people are putting, you know, their goals together, that that's one of the things that they experience because it's like, if I, I'm afraid to put this on my vision board or make this a goal because I don't know what is on the other side. Right. So parting part of putting it out there and asking for it means that we're vulnerable and we're exposing ourselves and putting ourselves into a new space, but busting through the fear and having the courage to do that takes a lot. It does. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people, they struggle with finding the courage within themselves. Do you want to talk a little bit about that part? Yeah. So, you know, motivation is just moving forward in simplistic terms. And, uh, and sometimes we just have to do the little things to get to the big things. And uh, so like, here's an example. Um, 
many people, if you're still, you know, if you're uh, paying your bills manually, that seems like a big, oh, I don't want to pay my bills tonight. You know, of course you don't want to pay your bills. Nobody wants to pay their bills. But, but instead of having a goal to pay your bills, break it into tiny steps. So you get the same thing accomplished, but it's not such a, uh, it's not such a time crunch on you and more in, in two and, uh, and maybe a mental strain on you. And, and then three, uh, give yourself a carrot that you're looking forward to. So, uh, so here's how you break it into tiny goals. You just uh, open up on all the envelopes and get everything out and then stack them right back, get rid of all the envelopes. And now you have, you know, you're good to go because most people are paying their bills online anyway. And uh, so now you have your bills. So that's day one. Uh, day two, you're going to pay your bills. Um, so now you've broken it up, but now you got to have a carrot. Like, okay, what movie do I really want to watch tonight or stream tonight after I get my bills paid? And so now you're seeing getting your bills paid as a gateway to getting to do something fun. And, and the more we can teach ourselves to do that, we're motivating ourselves, the more we'll be able to accomplish. So, so like on Saturdays, I'm a great example. I, I find a lot of pleasure in doing very little on Saturdays. Um, and however, I know that there's things that need to be done. So like, I don't expect my wife to do all the laundry. So I, I, I help with that. I do a lot of the folding of the laundry and what have you, but I make it, I make it like really fun for me. And, uh, and then two, I typically have something I'm doing that's fun. Like I'm going to lunch or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm going to take my dog for a big, long hike. Um, so I got something I'm looking forward to on a Saturday, or I've been taking some online classes on psychology and things like that. So maybe I'm going to take a, a couple hours of a class that I uh, signed up for. So, so there's things I'm looking forward to. And, uh, and that's what you got because we want to get out of overwhelm and into accomplishment. And, and the way to get out of overwhelm and into accomplishment is they call it you, you eat the elephant in tiny bites. So, so don't, don't like freak yourself out and say, oh, I have to clean my whole house. Instead, break it down. I'm going to clean, you know, my family room. And then I'm going to clean my dining room. Um, the more we break it down, we're still feeling a level of accomplishment. And, and this goes to Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar says that it's really important. Humans are goal-seeking. So if we're not in the process of completing a goal, we can't be happy. Even if that goal is happiness. And, and two, uh, if you see somebody lying in a chase lounge, um, relaxing, that is their goal. So even though it doesn't look like accomplishment to you, it's really accomplishment to them. So that's another thing. Like goals are not just, you know, getting something done. A goal could be two hours to yourself, whatever that might be, uh, a two-hour bath, whatever. Um, it's important that we kind of mix things up and, uh, and get ourselves going. I mean, that's the main thing. Motivation is all about movement. To, to be motivated is to move, to make headway. And, uh, and if you're stymied, then you need to uh, make tiny headway, whatever you're comfortable with, and, and, and keep moving forward. And, uh, and one of the best ways to get motivated and get in a higher state and, 
for whatever reason, we're also focused on our phones and the internet and all this, but you need to like come together in a group with other people and you need to associate with other people. One of the best ways to grow as an individual is to associate with people that are more accomplished than you, either uh, physically, emotionally, financially. It doesn't matter. If they're at a higher bar than you are, there's a reason they're at a higher bar. But if you associate with them, you'll learn their tool sets. Like there's tool sets that got them from level A to level B. And, and the more you associate with people, like if you want to play the best game of golf in your life, play with a ringer because, because you'll see, like, you'll start to mimic what they do. And if you start mimicking, pardon me, mimicking what they do, um, you'll start doing better. Now, you're not going to do as well as them because you don't have the talent they do, most of us, but you will play at a higher level because you're playing, you're playing at a higher level simply from association. That's so true. And I love some of what you just said there, you know, motivation is movement and you have to move, like you said, move forward. And I I love that. One of the things that I personally do is when there's something I don't want to do, I attack it first thing. Like that's the first thing I do because if I attack that first thing, then it, it takes away the overwhelm because now I've done it. I've accomplished it. Now I can move on and relax and it's not hanging out there. And like, oh, I've got this dreaded feeling of I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Um, so for me, it's like, you know, if you do it the first thing, like that's your first thing, the thing that you least want to do and you just get it off the board, then you're all set for the rest of the day. <laughs> So that's what I like to do, but that's just me. Um, So, yeah, so I think, you know, a lot of what you offered to our audience is amazing. And there's just so many great tools that I think a lot of people can take away and get get them into a space of, you know, being able to navigate some of where they are and where they want to go and, you know, making some of their dreams a reality potentially. And especially, you know, in this environment that we're living in, I think it's hard for people to keep their focus. But I think some of the things that you offered is also helpful in that. And for a lot of of people, I, I, I really think, you know, it's just redirecting, like redirecting your, you know, what you're channeling, what do you, what is your focus? And what are you focusing on? What is it that you want for your life? And what do you want to manifest? And even if it's just personal happiness, what are you doing to move forward to get to that? Um, And I know there's, there's so many people that are just really hung up on the state that they're living in because they're looking at all of these external things. But if we can look at the fact that we do have some power and control over our own personal journey and what we're doing is profound and you've so nicely outlined that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, play life as a game. Everybody likes to play games and, uh, the more you treat it as a game, it will, uh, it will seem easier because, uh, then you can be strategic about your life. You can even be, you can even try to be strategic about your emotions. Like I get in really deep about that. 
but I'm such a believer in empowering words because how you speak is how you think and, and ultimately emotionally how you feel. And, uh, and if you can teach yourself to speak uplifting to yourself and to others, it will be uplifting to you. And ultimately you'll be in a better state. And uh, typically if you're in a better state, you'll have better results, whatever that might lead to. Um, so, so important. Um, you know, how we talk about how we feel and our emotions is important. Talking to each other is so, so important. And uh, being uplifting to others is so, so important because people want to be heard. Um, people, I'm sure, want to vent. Um, but then, too, learn to live in a level of gratitude by understanding how good you have it. And don't compare how good you have it with how good somebody else has it. I think that's the biggest mistake that we're taught to do in uh, all around the world because of commercialism. You're always taught to compare yourself with somebody else. And, uh, and you might be on top of the mountain, but you can't even appreciate the view because you're looking up and there's somebody up just a little higher on their mountain. And it's irrelevant. And, and that's what people need to realize. Like if you really enjoy your mountain, then, uh, then their mountain is irrelevant. Like what they're where they're vacationing. And, you know, if you're having a great time on your vacation, where they vacation is irrelevant. It's more importantly, like where you are and what you enjoy, not what somebody else is doing and what they enjoy. And I think with Facebook and everything, people are so focused on others and, uh, and, and people are all convinced that everybody else has a bigger, better deal. And, uh, and much of what they you see on Facebook isn't even true. That is so true. <laughs> so, so true. I mean, I think that's something that most people probably have come away from Facebook and social media learning because, you know, their eyes are wide open that they're not getting this energetic, you know, higher vibrational state by going into social media all the time and looking at all of these things and being constantly bombarded. I mean, we don't even understand the algorithms and what's actually happening behind the scenes. And I think that's, again, where we have to be in discernment because there is a force field that we are among and it's a battlefield. It's not boots on the ground, but it is for our souls and it is around you know, what are we feeding our bodies and what are we feeding our minds? And is it good or is it evil? It's really that basic and you really have to be in discernment. So I think that's really, really important is understanding that basic premise. And, you know, we have to protect our souls at all costs because absolutely that yeah. is, that is the commodity right there. <laughs> so, right. yeah, but I appreciate um, all of, everything that you've offered to this audience oh, awesome. and this has been amazing conversation oh, and good. i and i do have one last question for you yes so if i were to pick up your earth angel feather off of the ground what would your message to the world be my message to the world would be life is for living that's beautiful absolutely beautiful John, thank you. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. You're very so, 
Yeah, it's so grateful to have you on the show and to be part of this platform and just helping to help humanity across the globe and just be in their best possible highest energy because collectively the higher you know our force field is the better because that light will squash the darkness as we all know so so happy that you could be part of this and just so grateful Absolutely. So thank pleasure. you so so much you're welcome Catherine enjoyed it thank you Sure. And for my Retreat to Peace audience, this is Katherine Daniels reminding you to live your authentic life with peace. And we'll see you next time. Have a great week.